Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Tuesday, May 24th edition of the Basement Academy. May 24th is a celebratory day in our family. It's our family birthday. That's the way we refer to it. Uh, 36 years ago today, Krista and I exchanged wedding vows and entered into the covenant of marriage, and we're continuing our happily ever after. <laughs> and so appreciate the good support of the Greenwich family and others over the years, and uh, invite your prayers for us and our families we celebrate today. All right, let's dive into our morning psalm. Psalm 54, kind of short. It's got an interesting heading to it. For the director of music with stringed instruments, okay, we hear that. When the Ziphites had gone to Saul and said, is not David hiding among us? This is a Psalm of David. The Ziphites. There was that period in David's life when he was being chased by King Saul. Saul was somewhat paranoid of David's uh, battlefield success against Goliath and his popularity amongst the people because of that victory over Goliath. Psalm 54. Save me, O God, by your name. Vindicate me by your might. Hear my prayer, O God. Listen to the words of my mouth. Strangers are attacking me. Ruthless men seek my life. Men without regard for God. Surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. Let evil recoil on those who slander me. In your faithfulness, destroy them. I will sacrifice a free will offering to you. I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. For he has delivered me from all my troubles, and my eyes have looked in triumph on my foes. It's a great psalm to pray in the midst of trouble, in the midst of trial, in the midst of difficulty. It shows us a right response to the trials and the difficulties. It is to lift our prayers, asking God to be the one. Surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. So hear our prayer, Lord, for each of us who may be facing some difficulty or trial today. Okay. Let me read that extended section again at the end of chapter 1, and then we'll tease out some more thoughts. James 1, beginning verse 19. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. But do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself 
from being polluted by the world. Okay, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. We talked yesterday about being quick to listen in the midst of the trial. See, the context remains our trials, our difficulties, okay? We, we, we tend to forget that. But this passage just flows from what uh, uh, began, what James began in, earlier in chapter 1. And so let us be slow to become angry. If only we could uh, accomplish it so easily, right? James is giving wise advice here. It's, I think it's more than just suggestion. As a, as a, a leader, uh, a founding leader uh, in the early church, uh, James the wise, James the just here, is counseling, he's being a pastor here, he's counseling people in the midst of your difficulty. Listen first, get your antenna up, God may be speaking, accept the word planted, accept godly counsel. Uh, be, be slow to speak. Don't be grumbling and complaining and whining about your circumstances. Don't be pointing the finger and blaming others. And be slow, slow to become angry. And so he's naming something that is real, that we do well to pay attention to, that for many of us in the midst of our difficulties, and they could be minor irritations and annoyances to great challenges. Anger is never far away. That there's a whole range of emotions that we run into from disappointment. Um, you know, we're upset. Sometimes we're sad, right? You know, our our plans get altered, and there's a sadness because we miss out. But but often these can settle into resentments and anger at others, either specific others or generic others, you know, the government or those people. And so anger is a part of the, the human family. And so James is trying to speak the truth in love, to borrow Paul's phrase here. Anger does not bring about righteousness. It does not, it is not befitting uh, our, uh, our, our faith and our discipleship. Now, I want to talk for just a couple minutes. It's going to sound like psychobabble, and I am not a trained psychologist or psychiatrist in any in any manner. But as a pastor, you know, I, I I read. I'm in conversation. I study. There's this notion of emotional reactivity. Okay, when things happen, we we respond. Okay anxiety, frustration, we outburst of anger. Um, we have been made, God has given us the, this, this whole range of emotions, this palette of emotions with which we paint uh, our lives. Our, our lives are endowed with these emotions. Happy emotions, joyful emotions, excited, anticipation, um, you know, um, um, aspiration, longing, uh, fear, anxiety, you know, there's a whole range. You know, we, we, we paint with uh, primary colors, with reds and uh, blues and yellows, and, and, and then we mix these. And so there's the, a rich emotional palette of our lives. Imagine not having emotions, right? 
but there's also darker shades of emotions, okay? And so uh, the human condition, okay, just what it means to be human, body, mind, soul, spirit, emotions, heart, all, all this, Emotional reactivity speaks to that aspect of our human lives when we're in relationship, we're in conversation, we're going about our day, and all of a sudden a surge of emotion happens in some way. Often negative reactivity is what grips us and, and, and diminishes our lives. Um, you know, it's not the joyful outburst of the child on the last day of school that is the problem. It is us half hearing something our spouse says, not hearing it accurately, and then going, what are you talking about? That's emotional reactivity, where our emotions drive words, thoughts, which then begin to impact our relationships, our conversations with others. We begin to look at people a certain way. We accuse people. So all this emotional reactivity sits underneath um, so much of our lives, and we don't pay attention to it. It's just is happening, right? So I think James is kind of speaking to this just in, in very clear terms. We have to understand sin and its manifestation in our lives. And so if you go back to the garden, God creates Adam and Eve uh, in God's image. Uh, they're good, they're upright, they are naked and without shame. Okay, And so there's an openness, a transparency, physical nakedness, I think, Implied with that also is emotional, relational transparency and openness. Um, sin, taking unto themselves the prerogative to determine right and wrong. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so they, they, they disobey the commandment of God and they take this unto themselves. And immediately, so this they, they, they've breached the... the, the um, uh, the commandment, they've trespassed, they have gone where they ought not have gone. Um, and, and so there is a manifestation, there is a relational break that they have with God. And so all of a sudden there's a fear of God and a hiding from God. The, the text implies that there had been an openness walking with God in the cool of the day. We heard you coming, we went to the bushes. We hid ourselves. We were afraid. Why are you afraid? Well, we're naked and, well, have you eaten the fruit? <laughs> well, the woman you gave me, she uh, deceived me and I ate. And so Adam and Eve, the, the first humans, I think what this, why this story is so foundational, sin manifests itself in emotional reactivity. Fear, shame, anxiety, hiding in the bushes so that that fear drives their actions. There's some relational break uh, between Adam and Eve in some way. They're ashamed of their nakedness, so they sew fig leaves together to, to cover themselves up. Um, it's ironic, thinking that maybe God's not going to notice all that, right? Um, they're in the bushes, so uh, ashamed towards each other. There's some break there. Afraid of God when called out for interrogation. Adam, where are you? Have you eaten of the fruit that, that I commanded you not to eat? The woman that you gave me deceived me. And, and I, 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 yeah, he gets to yes, but not without implicating both Eve and God. And so um, 
avoiding responsibility, blame shifting. These are expressions of emotional reactivity. I'm caught. I've got to make an excuse. I've got to point the finger at somebody else. And so shame, fear, anxiety, blaming others, making excuses, avoiding responsibility. These all become expressions of emotional reactivity in in response to sin and, and it and it's reactive and it's not calculating it as much as it's just we, we we almost instinctively reactively move into these postures so anger is one of our emotional capacities god has created us with the capacity for anger it is god given is god ordained it is useful and helpful okay uh, we become angry when we sense a violation, a, a boundary has been crossed in some way towards ourselves, towards a loved one, etc. And so there's some sense of outrage and, and violation. Anger is that emotion that it propels, it, 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 it gives us a fuel, it gives us an energy. There, there's an energy that, that anger produces. It kind of starts in the belly and, 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 and it moves us towards action. Sometimes we just get busy, you know, and we kind of harness that anger and we kind of work it off in our own way. We mutter under our breath and we go clean the garage or something like that, right? But sometimes our anger explodes outwardly through our voice, through our fists and other actions that, that move, can move beyond um, helpful um, harnessing. Uh, anger is intended to give us act, uh, to give us energy for action, okay? To move against that which we believe has uh, has been the violation. So Jesus in the temple overturning the uh, uh, the tables of the money changers. You see, anger fuels him. This is this is my father's house, and it shall be a house of prayer, not a house of of money changing and skimming and deceit uh, and the like and greed. And so it propels him to action. Okay, so anger in and of itself is not the sin. But what happens is in our anger, we often, in our emotional reactivity, uh, wisdom, humility, listening well, accepting the word of God, accepting what may be happening to us. Um, so sometimes we sense a violation that, maybe isn't as uh, egregious as we perceive it to be and so our anger is out of proportion to the what we perceive to be the offense and sometimes there is no offense it's just life it is life east of eden right so we do live in a in a sinful world and so and so it's understanding that uh, and and we we experience emotional reactivity most uh, uh, i want to say this it's in our families, in our marriages, with our children, with our parents, with our siblings, right? It, we experience it at work. We experience it in other places. We certainly see it on the sports uh, 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 diamonds and fields and stadiums, right? Um, but you know what I mean. Family life is often fraught with reactivity. And so the parent says this to the child. The child reacts in a certain way, which then triggers the parent's reaction. And so there's the chain reaction, this one spouse comes in from outdoors, says something that doesn't sit well or has omitted, has failed to say something that they should have said and whatever. And there's re a, a, a kind of a chain reaction of, of emotional responses and, and reactivity. 
And so in trials, okay, in seasons of trial and difficulty, when, when, when we're up against it, our faith is being tested. The tendency is not to listen, is to lash out with our words and to lash out with our anger. And James is saying, don't do that. In times of trial, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. I know you're going to get angry, but try to slow that thing down. Don't let the horse get out of the barn, okay? Because man's anger does not produce the righteous life that God desires. Oh, we, one thing that anger does is it feels justified in its expression. And this is why it connects back to sin. Because when Adam and Eve take of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they take to themselves the prerogative or the right to determine good and evil. So when we are angry, we are fully convinced that we are right on whatever the situation is. We've read it accurately. Our uh, assessment is, is spot on. And this person must pay. They must pay through a tongue lashing. They must pay through some other kind of action that I will engage in. But this this energy, this, this, this uh, propulsive <laughs> energy that moves me to act and to speak in such a way is justified. Those people deserve what I'm bringing their way. I'm bringing the wood and I'm bringing the heat and they better get out of the way. You know, that we don't stop to question whether our anger is actually justified. We assume it is. And so we think it is always righteous indignation. We love that story of Jesus in the temple because I'm Jesus in the temple right now. I'm turning over the money changers in my house or at my work or you know whatever the situation might be. And James is saying it doesn't work that way. You're overreacting. You're misreading it. Your anger is not justified. It does not produce righteousness. It does not produce the righteous kind of life that God desires. Because anger tends to bypass wisdom and humility and listening. And so in trial, essentially what happened when we're, when we're, when we're, we're, we're being tested in some way, in whatever difficulty, challenge, or trial, at the core, we feel like we're not in control of the situation. And so our anger is, a, it is an expression of trying to regain control. That's ultimately what's doing. I'm going to get the upper hand here. I'm going to tell everybody how this thing's going to go down and how it's going to be. And so, but it all happens. Pop, pop, pop. It happens in a second. And it's, it, it's not always a rational process. And I'm trying to slow the train down to analyze how it happens. We get the email that doesn't sit right with us. We get the phone call. Uh, somebody walks by us, doesn't see us. We don't know that. They haven't seen us. They don't acknowledge us. They don't return our phone call when we want them to, or our email when we want them to. Um, they say it in a tone of voice. We hear a little bit of snark in their tone of voice or maybe even in their email. Any number of things that just trigger us into some kind of action. The anger does not produce the righteous kind of life that God wishes for us to have. Mostly it's about control. I'm going to tell you who's, gonna, who, who's in charge here. Anger blocks our ability to listen well, to hear, to consider, 
gee, I wonder what God might be doing. We talked about that yesterday. When we're listening, we're considering. I wonder what's happening. It, it, it blocks our ability to, to receive the word of God that is planted in us, that God would want to be speaking to us now. Anger, I don't have time for that. I've got, I've got, I've got work to do. Anger uh, interrupts our ability to trust that God is at work in this situation. Anger interrupts our ability to pray. Okay, that's why I love this, this psalm. David, when being chased by Saul, turns to prayer. Okay, and so um, this is kind of a kind of a, a mashup of some kind of human behavior, theories of human behavior, family systems theory, and biblical theology, going back to Genesis and the garden. Uh, but it's applied theology. It's applied to human behavior. And, and James, the Holy Spirit through James is trying to counsel us towards a righteous kind of life. There is a right way to respond to the trials uh, and, and challenges of this life. And there are wrong ways to, to re re respond to the trials of this life. So anyway, hopefully this is helpful. Um, if anybody wants to follow up with a, a question, a conversation, or a comment, send me an email. Um, or if you'd want to, haven't issued the invitation for a while, but every Wednesday afternoon at 3 p.m., we have a Zoom conversation. I just send out a Zoom link to a, a number of folks who, who watch the Basement Academy regularly. And we, we sit together and we unpack uh, the previous day's uh, lessons over the last several days. And we explore other ideas and questions and thoughts that, that folks have. So we'd love to have you join us if you'd like. Maybe come give it a test drive. Usually goes about hour to hour 15 minutes. Sometimes we stretch a little longer, sometimes shorter. Uh, just send me an email, dmeeks at greenwichpres.org. Should be on the website, uh, church website too. So let's pray uh, and let us seek to be faithful in our responses to the challenges uh, that come our way. So Lord, hear our prayers. Grant us grace this day to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry when things don't go the way we want them. We ask this in the name and for the sake of Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May God cause his face to shine upon you in such a manner that you will understand that he is at work deeply in your life. In the good days and the rainy days like today that he is there to shape and to form you into the image of his son. May you believe this now and forevermore. Amen.